is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. And today my special guest is Sarah Monick. She's a creative that lives in Manhattan who crafts fine art concepts through precise and minimalistic commercial style visuals. She's graduated from the Savannah College of Art and Design in the spring of 2020 with a BFA in commercial photography, currently pursuing an MA in advertising. And she was also my classmate in my motion media class. So hi, Sarah, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. Oh, awesome. Well, I am awesome. I'm so glad to be speaking with you today um, about your uh, knowledge in advertising, photography. Um, I learned so much from you in the beginning of the quarter and the fact that you are so generous with your time to speak with me. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I love talking about this kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm open to whenever you want to chat about anything. (laughs) Well, I wanted to share with the audience uh, a little bit more about what got you inspired to study art, um, specifically photography and advertising. Yeah, um, so I got into photography when I was a little kid, actually. Um, I mean, I, I ended up getting a hold of just like a little digital camera and just started playing with it. and. I was just like, whoa, this is so cool. I can like freeze time and like that whole sort of thing. Just like, you know, little like kid brain just kind of experimenting with that. Um, And I was just like so fascinated by it. Like as I grew up, um, especially because I was like super introverted and like kind of socially awkward and like got bullied a lot in high school and stuff and it just was sort of photography was just sort of my outlet to be able to like express myself and just see people and just the world in like a different way um and it was just like my little shield in which I could like just process everything um so yeah that's kind of how I got started into photography and I explored a lot of that especially in high school with like fine art and documentary style stuff but when I went to SCAD for the first time for my BFA um, I actually decided to focus more on commercial work um, because we can choose between three different concentrations for the program from like documentary photography fine art photography or commercial photography and I already kind of dabbled in the other two um, like I said when I was in high school And I really liked the polished look of commercial photography. And that was something I didn't really know how to do. So I was like, I'll do this. (laughs) Because, I mean, you can only go so far if you're, like, with documentary stuff, like, stumbling upon something, like, interesting and taking photos of people and, like, going to different events and things um, versus, like, commercial photography just seemed like at a much higher skill level to me and especially with lighting there was a lot of stuff I didn't know how to do with that um so yeah um that's kind of how I got into that plus I also just kind of wanted to make money (laughs) and so (laughs) commercial work is how you make the most money in photography compared to like fine art or documentary stuff um So that was another big concern uh, or choice, um, uh, just something that that informed my choice with that. Um, And yeah, so I went through that whole program, um, good learning experience. 
Um, and then I graduated right as the pandemic hit, <laughs> which was uh, kind of unfortunate um, and struggled to get some work with that. And I knew I always wanted to get my master's degree at some point anyway. So I was like, well, um, while the world is kind of burning right now, why don't I just continue uh, learnings and go back to school to get my master's? It just was like the perfect opportunity to do that. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I wanted to learn something different because I already had all yeah. this photography knowledge and I wanted to sort of like, mm -hmm. I wanted the two degrees to sort of play off of each other. Um, okay. And so that's kind of how I got into like the advertising and art direction world, um, which is what I'm studying now for my master's. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool because you're very strong at, um, I feel like art direction. Thank so with you. that, oh, you're welcome. So with that said, for those listeners, maybe want a little bit more information about what a master's in advertising really entails. I'm sorry. I know it's not in my questions originally. No, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was wondering like what that could mean potentially, um, as far as what kind of jobs would somebody in that role that you want would, would be doing. Yeah. So there's a lot of different things you can do within advertising. <laughs> like there's so much and a lot of like okay. industry professionals kind of struggle to actually define what the individual roles are sometimes because okay. it varies so much. Um, like it, a lot of it depends on the size of the agency that you're at, or if you're doing freelancing, oh. um, because the roles of an art director at one agency could just be, you're just coming up with the general concept for a campaign and then establishing the overall aesthetic. And then you hand it off to the designers and they kind of do their thing. And then they would just check back in with you to approve it. Versus okay. at another agency that's smaller, you may actually be doing a lot of the designing as the art director. Um, so it, it really kind of varies um depending on what what agency you're a part of or what kind of freelancing you do like if if you're a freelance art director um okay. you might do even more than that you might also do like some social media strategy stuff like I've done that um for a couple people like putting together those sort of like briefs um so it just kind of, it really depends. Um, so you kind of have to know how to do everything, <laughs> which wow. is not like I get the most helpful answer. Um, mm -hmm. If you want to focus on something very specific, like you have your skills, you know what you're good at and you just want to do that, um, maybe don't go into art direction. <laughs> oh. um, maybe just focus on like graphic design or illustration. Um, because like I said, as an art director, like I might be asked to do like some illustration stuff or I might be asked to do some graphic design. Um, I mean, I can go, I could obviously tell the creative director or the client like, hey, I don't, that's not really my thing. I don't know how to do that, but I know somebody else who can, who can do that for you if you want to hire them instead or we could work together. Um, that's always an option, but depending on the budget that they have, that might not be 
you know, possible. So you may end up having to do that work yourself. Um, so you kind of have to dip your toes into like a little bit of everything of like UX and website design and like social media strategy and um, marketing strategy, like SWOT analysis and a whole bunch of like other marketing things. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a lot more diverse, yeah. but if you have multiple interests, like I do, like, I mean, yeah. my first passion was photography. Um, I can use that a lot with my art direction stuff. Like I kind of went into this, uh, advertising program, wanting to do that, wanting to do art direction for, um, photo and video shoots and be on set not necessarily being the photographer but like instructing people what to do and managing the set um and then just through the program I learned a whole bunch of other stuff that I'm interested in now too so yeah it it just kind of comes with the territory being like just multidisciplinary oh wow so you're really flexible and so you're like a Swiss army knife you could do this all you know and then apply so yeah it almost seems like besides agencies that would lend itself to like bigger companies that might have an in-house creative director who is then hiring maybe the agency and be able to say this is my vision for my company because I know the brand and I know the people who love this product and I need you to do xyz and then because you have such a strong skill set with concept and art direction you can speak that kind of language with the agency or the creatives you hire um, and get them like going in the right direction yeah that's yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> the way you explain that. Um, yeah, because it that's that's the other thing too is like yeah. you know not all brands have an in-house photographer, but okay. a lot of brands have their own like in-house sort of brand strategy or marketing team or like art director um, that who would then sort of manage the different campaigns and then outsource the smaller stuff. So. Oh there's a lot more opportunities there too, just because you aren't sort of stuck in this niche. Um, Like for example, I think uh, Mercedes um, and Lexus both have their own in-house advertising agencies um, that have like their own brand identity, but it is like under that company, like it's it's a whole division. Um, And then there's uh, just full service creative agencies like, uh why didn't Kennedy uh publicists uh Saatchi and Saatchi um you know these really like big name conglomerate sort of corporate agencies that just bring in all time tons of clients like Apple and Colgate and like who knows what else you know <laughs> um and they'll those brands will like outsource to them to be like hey we have like this new product or we want to send out this message like do it for us, please. <laughs> um, so it, it really, it really depends on like the size of the project and the size of the brand or the company. Um, so there's like just a lot more options with advertising in general. Oh, cool. And you kind of explained and gone into how that um, your background in photography can be utilized with the advertising. So I mm-hmm. kind of wanted to go into the next question for those interested in pursuing photography what is your most favorite part of doing photography and working with that medium? Yeah, um, I'd say it's kind of a two-part answer because like okay. it, 
it varies like everyone has their own different like you know thing that they love with photography um mine is I really like being behind the camera and just looking through the lens because you kind of get into like this own world of your own and you just kind of like get into the zone sort of and it's just like this whole other like feeling it's kind of weird <laughs> um but that can also be super tiring um of like being on set and like running around and bending your body to get these weird angles like can also be really exhausting um so I'd say it's like partially that's my favorite part and then okay. also like just seeing the finished product like when I'm done editing the photos because like I'm personally like I feel like I'm a pretty messy photographer like I'm not the most technical on set and so I end up I feel like I end up doing a lot of cleanup of my photos like in post-production but they always turn out you know so much better with the photo editing and I and I find a lot of enjoyment with the editing process um and so I can really see like the final vision of like okay yes this is exactly how I wanted it to look after you know doing all the corrections on the computer. <laughs> oh, cool. Now, this is another question that wasn't on my list originally. So are you mainly using Lightroom or Photoshop when you're talking about the corrections you're doing? Um, both. What oh. I'll typically do is if I have uh, like a batch of photos uh -huh. that I need to edit, I'll first bring those into Lightroom and like pull my selects because that's just a really streamlined way to be able to like rate the ones that I want as far as like one star, two star, three star, four, like all of that and figure out which ones I actually want to edit. And for me, sort of just the general overall um, like exposure and color correction is easier in Lightroom versus Photoshop. That's just me personally. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I'll bring them into Photoshop and do more intense retouching. Oh, okay. See, I have a friend of mine. She's very good with Lightroom. And so she was sitting there teaching me, well, I, I would do it this way with your photos, then go in like, just like what you're saying for those little retouching things, like maybe removing wires, things like that, do that in Photoshop. But that, mm -hmm. but I did, I tried it and I was like, oh my goodness, Lightroom's great because everything is right there. I feel like it's less hidden where in yeah. Photoshop, I'm like having to, oh, I got to go here and then I got to go here. And then you forget to do certain steps. And then I'm, yeah. So I really enjoy using Lightroom and also organizing all the photos. That's very yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely easier in Lightroom. I mean, you can do all of those kinds of corrections in Photoshop yeah. too. But like you said, a lot of those tools are just hidden or like they aren't as like, they're not as user-friendly. And so it's just, yeah, it, there, there's some stuff in my opinion that's easier to do in Lightroom than it is in Photoshop. Can I ask you, how many photos would you normally do? So say like you're doing a beauty product shot, cause I saw like, you know, you had um, on your website, you had things for like the, um, the museum um, store. And then you also had like the Eternity, Calvin Klein, like how many photos to get that one amazing photograph because I, I want you to be honest because like you know for those who are listening because <laughs> as art teachers we're constantly pushing like take more take more mm -hmm. and they just you know so like how many would you do as a professional photographer um it's this isn't like I guess the most helpful answer <laughs> but it really depends on the photographer 
Um, most photographers I know will take maybe a couple hundred, but it also depends on the size of the project. For example, like this past weekend or last weekend, um, I shot for a fashion designer friend of mine and we only shot maybe like four or five looks. And I had like uh, 550 photos just because I, that's just my photography process where Uh I just, especially with model work, I just Uh kind of go ham and I just click away. (laughs) And I, cause I want to get like every single second because when you're in the moment, like, I mean, we're all people working on the set, like something is going to be out of place. People are going to get tired. So I just work really quickly when I'm working with models. Um, and I just shoot everything. And so I have like hundreds of photos at the end of the shoot. And then we pull maybe like 20. So, I mean, that's one instance, but then for like my product photography stuff, I'll maybe have like a hundred or less, Uh especially because, um, you know, I'm just working with still objects and I know exactly how the lighting is supposed to look. And so I know exactly where to place everything. And so there's like less time spent actually there on set, I feel like, but that's just me. Some photographers find it easier working with models um, because it's a little bit more forgiving than product work is very meticulous and very precise. um, And that can take a long time. And then it also depends like how much pre-production you do, like how much like planning ahead of time that you're doing as far as like, Um, the prop styling like did you sketch out thumbnails for the compositions ahead of time like if yes that'll save you a lot of time on set and like you may have less photos that you're gonna have at the end because you know you already planned out how many you're supposed to and you just you know you had this rule book and you stuck with that and you got it done Um, so the times where I've done that it's gone by very quickly and I only have like a couple hundred photos versus like 500 you know (laughs) so it really depends on like the process but I'd say like in my opinion it's always like more the merrier Um, especially for me like the first several like the first 50 or so are just kind of like a warm-up like I'm just sort of getting into it and then the later photos are better Um, and especially when you're like looking through the viewfinder and you're kind of in it, um, the more you stare at the object or the person or whatever that you're photographing, the more time you spend on it, the more sort of, the, the more nuances you're going to pick up and you're going to okay. be like, oh, I want to focus on this little thing instead versus uh-huh. like the, if you just take like 20 photos of something, um, you might not pick up on those like little subtle things. Oh, wow. That is so cool. So is it like being on America's Next Top Model? Like when you're doing those shoes, like always, I do watch a little reality TV every once in a while. And I go like, is it like that? You're just like clicking away. Is that kind of the vibe on a set? I've never been on a, on a set where they've had a photographer and live models doing that. Um, yes and no. Uh, the core of it is the yeah. same. Um, uh-huh. It is not nearly as intense as America's okay. Next Top Model. <laughs> at least you don't have Yusai like screaming okay. at the models, like okay. insulting them like every time. That's that's bad model direction. Don't ever don't ever yell at your models. Like be nice to them. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 roughly the same. Um, 
also like the best yeah. models to get are the in my opinion are mm -hmm. the ones where they are like changing their pose like every two uh -huh. seconds um because you're just you get much more content that way it is a little bit harder if you're working with like a newer model and they're just sort of standing there for like 100 photos and you have to tell them exactly what to do versus like a model who kind of like already has ideas for like poses and things and they're just kind of doing their thing and then you can be like oh that was really cool what you just did can you maybe try it in this other way um is yeah that's always a good experience <laughs> Wow, that's really cool. That's so exciting. And congratulations on doing that for those looks Thank for you. fashion. I mean, I can't wait to see them on your website. So my next question is, have you found like for beginner photographers, what are maybe some like the top three, you know, pain points, like problems they might run into that you can maybe, you know, t um, talk about? Yeah. Um, so I did write some down here because <laughs> um, okay. when I first saw the question, I was like, oh, gosh, I guess I never really thought about that. Um, so for new photographers, I'd say like one of the hardest things is just getting equipment um, because equipment is just so expensive and equipment can be really helpful. Like if you have like several different kinds of lights, like an octabox and a beauty dish and everything and strip lights, um, okay. you know, that will really elevate the look of your images a lot. Um, but all of that is so expensive. So if you can, I guess my biggest advice is try yeah. to learn how to do more with less. Um, oh. Like the more creative you can be with like cheap okay. materials, um, the honestly, like the more work you're going to get to, and it's going to be easier um, because someone may come to you and see a photo that you did. Um, and like, this has happened to me too, where, um, you know, they look at my portfolio and they're like, oh, we want to do this. Like, that's really cool. Can you do something like yeah. that? And it's like, well, I shot that when I was in school and I had access to a $63,000 camera kit and like seven studio lights. And of course I can't afford that. Like I don't have that of my own. Um, so if you can learn how to do more with sort of like makeshift equipment, um, that is really going to take you a long way. Um, as well as like just having a good attitude, I think helps a lot, like being someone that someone wants to work with. Cause like you can have like the best portfolio in the world, but if you're kind of like arrogant about your work and you have like a chip on your shoulder and you're like, well, I'm the photographer. Like I only shoot this kind of stuff. Like you're not going to get any business. <laughs> like people are not going to want to work with you. Um, which like, that kind of goes into like my last point of having like a very specific style that's unique to you. Um, a lot of photographers who do have a very unique style um, do get a lot of work because clients want their particular style for this particular like shot or campaign. Um, and that's sort of what they're known for. And that can be super helpful. Um, because if you're the only one who knows how to do the thing that you do, then nobody else does, then you become like the exclusive photographer for that or like the exclusive artist for that. Um, 
but then again remember like just don't be arrogant about it too if you get some success through it <laughs> because like I've I encountered like so many um I won't name names but I encountered like many photographers in in my college program where they you know they did some cool stuff while still in school and like congrats to them but yeah. then they got kind of like arrogant afterwards by it and like slacked off on like some of their classes and things um and they were just like I don't know they, they just weren't good to hang out with anymore oh. and so it just yeah it, it's it's really all of a, a balance about working hard but also like be a good person <laughs> That's true. That's a very good point. Because I think at the end of the day, if you're a freelancer, or even working in house, I mean, who do you want to sit next to or work with intensely on projects that are yeah. very um, time consuming, exhausting, and you want somebody who you can have a good time with, I think, you know, like, you yeah. know, I'm, if I hear of something that I know I'm going to do, I would rather work with somebody who has a great attitude. So yeah, for sure. And like, especially yeah. like creative careers in general is like, I feel like a pretty small community and it gets even mm -hmm. smaller, the more like focused you are. Like mm -hmm. the professional photography community is like really small, but like everyone's a photographer nowadays. Like you can shoot stuff on your phone and like people probably wouldn't notice that you shot it with a phone versus a DSLR. Like if you just post it on Instagram. Um, so like everyone's a photographer nowadays, but especially if you start to get really into the industry of like working with more notable like designers or like brands and stuff, like they talk about you <laughs> like behind your back. Like people like talk to each other about like, oh, this model was like super rude or like she didn't, she showed up to set like, and she hadn't showered and stuff like don't work with her, you know, like and that shows like not just with like photographers but like models or like grips on set or um you know just whoever uh -huh. they will like like word of mouth is like really powerful especially within like the photography community um so yeah definitely that's a that's a big thing of just being a person that people like <laughs> that's a good point wow that's really fascinating to hear that inside kind of you know, background information on that. That's, that's awesome to hear that. Well, I know you're wonderful to work with. You were always so great about being positive. Oh, like, <laughs> like, I like the way you give critique because some people are, I don't know. Cause it's like, I, you know, you were always like, you know, bringing out some of the positives. Cause we're always like, you know, I feel like, you know, it's hard when you have to show your work or, you know, and it's a brand new group of people in the class. And I was in something that I wasn't very familiar with. And um, I, I always respected what you said, because you were like, let me, you know, point out some of the things that are working here, but let's also say, Hey, and they were really insightful. I was like, Oh, I didn't catch that. She has a really good eye. And I think it's the photographer eye because it's like, I really do because your photography is one of those things as I've spent more time incorporating in my illustration work, everything is so nuanced. Like mm -hmm. it's very much about composition, good design and trying to communicate that visual. It's not just a snapshot I mean it yeah you're taking that picture in that moment like you said you're freezing time but you've really thought about how you're communicating through your design 
of how mm-hmm. things are placed. Because one thing that's just slightly moved, you're like, oh, that totally changes the meaning or even the composition of it. And just the effort that photographers put into their work to get that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's critiques are always hard, especially for people starting out. Like they're mm-hmm. easier for me now just because like I've been through like six years of this doing critiques like every, multiple times a week. Um, and it, it is hard for people, like especially if they're like switching careers and they didn't do something creative beforehand. And then now they're, you know, they want to do a more creative career and it's their first time doing critique. Um, and you can just sort of see on their face, like if they get like some negative feedback, they just look so defeated because like they're learning and they're brand new at it. Um, and like, especially like, for freshmen going into like design school that was like one of the things I was really surprised about going into SCAD because like I mean I took art classes like in high school and had critiques all the time and honestly like one of the best pieces of advice I got was from my high school art teacher where she said that in critiques you never say that something is good or bad like never because like it's so subjective you always frame it in a sense of, is this effective for what the artist is trying to communicate? And like, if it's not effective, why is it not effective? Like, it's all about like communication, really. Just like, even just like with all like design stuff, it is problem solving and it is communication just visually. And so like everyone's going to interpret everything differently because we all have our own biases and experiences. So you kind of have to frame critique in a way that's going to be helpful to achieve the artist's goal. Like not of like, oh, stylistically, I just don't really like the color palette because it's just not my favorite colors. You know, like I personally think it would look better in this other, you know, this other color scheme or whatever it is. Like that's not helpful. (laughs) You know, like you need, I I learned a lot of this, especially with advertising, that type of thing is so prevalent. Like we do so much research ahead of time of what do we want the goals to be for the campaign. And those goals and have to make sense for the art, the audience that we are trying to reach. Because like, and that comes down to every decision we make as far as like, what are the actual executions we're going to do? Are we going to incorporate photography or is this going to be purely like a 2D sort of vector style? Is this going to be like just poster ads? Is this going to be social media? Or is this going to be a whole like ambient interactive like campaign? like? every single decision that we make is informed by some kind of insight that is going to be appealing to the audience. And so that takes a lot of the guesswork out of it as far as like what's going to be like effective or not is really doing a lot of like research and understanding ahead of time is super helpful. Um, And like that's always helpful with like critique too because like especially in advertising like I've been in so many critiques where um it's like I've made like a creative decision and it was like yeah it looks fine but Uh then someone is like well you know why did you choose like this particular font if you're you know doing this big billboard 
then Mm -hmm. that font might not be as readable as this other font or like whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) it's like all within that mindset of like trying to make the right decisions to effectively achieve the goal and not taking the work personally, because that's very easy to do. And like, I've seen that even in like my grad program where a lot of people like feel super discouraged after their critiques because they put a lot of time and effort into it and it's something that they are proud of and they didn't get the feedback that they wanted. Mm -hmm. And that, I I understand that can be incredibly discouraging, Um, but you kind of really have to just separate yourself and think of yourself as like, okay, I am like a machine here to produce something. And this is not a personal reflection of me as a person, you know, <laughs> That's, it's, it's hard to do. It takes a lot of practice to kind of get into that mindset, but it's really going to help you a lot is just personal growth, but also like helping your work grow and get better as well. Wow. Sarah, I love what you just said. I'm totally stealing that. (laughs) Feel free. I'm going to be like, you need to listen to what Sarah said. She just like said it all in a nutshell um, (laughs) about, you know, handling critique and what the goals are, because like when you do listen to the feedback and then you do figure out what would help, you know, your end goals, your work can level up so much faster, I think. And that Mm -hmm. was something that really, yeah. And then you try it and you're like, oh, they're right. I, I, yeah, this is better. And this is making what, what I want to communicate a lot more clear and it looks better um, visually. And like you said, it is subjective, but um, I think sometimes we get so caught up in what we're doing. And like you said, we spend so much time on it. It's, it's hard to step back and kind of really look at it and um, the objective, but hearing you say it the way you did, you did such an eloquent job of saying it in such a positive (laughs) way. I love it. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to use that, you know, put that on a big billboard or something in the classroom. (laughs) Like, oh, this is why, this is why we do the critiques and stuff. So um, now my next question is, what have you felt was something you didn't learn while you were in school, but you had to have learned professionally as a photographer or working in advertising? Yeah, um, that's, that's a really good question. Um, Honestly, like, get used to rejection. (laughs) Um, Honestly, like, because in school, like school is a safe space to be able to you know try out different things and just kind of go ham and come up with crazy ideas um but then when you're working with clients they won't always be receptive to that because whatever you do has to be practical you know like you have budget constraints um you have like laws and permits that you have to consider for certain things like in New York if you're photographing outside Um, Uh people will hire photo assistants to hold lights for them because you need special permits to be able to actually place lights down on the ground like on a stand like yeah it's crazy um so yeah it's get get used to not always being able to hear what you want to hear and Uh also like just get used to like working really hard (laughs) um because it's it is hard out there and yeah and like create I don't want to be like discouraging but like Mm -hmm. creative careers are 
like there's a lot of them and it's really great that in like the past like couple decades there you know it's possible to like be a designer and be a creative person and have like make money from that and it's so great that we can do that because that wasn't always the case but I mean there's because of that there's a lot more competition out there there is so much competition because everyone wants to do it um because it is like an enjoyable like thing to have as your career like it's a passion for many people and with that comes a lot more competition and every time there's a new class graduating from like every art school that's more competition into the industry and so really learning how to like network yourself I think is probably the biggest thing I've learned um outside of SCAD is like just being able to get jobs a lot of it is networking which was really upsetting for me to find out the hard way because I wouldn't say I'm great at networking um and that is honestly gonna take you really far um I had a lot of professors when I was in my uh undergrad program tell me of like um no, it's okay. Like you don't necessarily need to get an internship because it's all about the portfolio. If you have like an amazing portfolio, you'll get hired. Like, don't worry about, don't stress yourself out. Um, Well, one of the big things that they did not mention that I feel like was overlooked a lot of the time was, well, the first step is you have to get people to look at your portfolio. (laughs) You can be an amazing designer, but if people aren't even going to like click on your website link, then you know your sort of like your whole shtick is you know not going to be effective (laughs) you know your skills aren't going to even be seen um and so I think first and foremost treating it like a business first is going to carry you a lot farther than focusing on being an amazing artist and designer because those skills will come like with Mm -hmm. time and practice and the more stuff that you do um like you know there's just so many talented and creative people out in the world now where it's just the competition is just so hard and so it's just being talented is not good enough (laughs) honestly which I know is really discouraging to hear probably for some people um but I I wouldn't to school with people who you know came out in my opinion with portfolios that were not as polished as mine Uh and they got jobs that I would have loved and Uh you know it was because they knew somebody or they had better networking skills um or they had like a more impressive resume um so I think first treating your work especially if you're a freelancer treating it like a business first Mm -hmm. and you're providing a service first is Mm going to be a much more helpful mindset to actually get you to get that work to be able to do what you love in the first place um I mean you could always hire an agent Mm -hmm. or a representative to kind of get those jobs for you I know people who have that um but also they do take a percentage of the money that you make so you know it's not as lucrative um so especially students I encourage them to like take some business classes while you're in school or like minor in like entrepreneurship or something because like I was never taught those skills 
Um, and so it's, I think that would be definitely very helpful. Wow. That's awesome that you shared that with, with us. I mean, like what I've kind of learned from what you're saying and like, and I've experienced this too, as well, like networking is very important in the creative fields because I feel like people don't know necessarily that you're real just because you have a website, because now, Mm -hmm. because everything is so easily accessed on the internet, like if I have a big budget and I'm going to spend real money on somebody, I want to know they're professional. And how am I going to know if they're professional? I have to know somebody who's worked with them professionally (laughs) to make that judgment. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to be embarrassed if I hired somebody for the company I'm working for. And then they don't pan out because they weren't Mm -hmm. professional. Like the things that you said didn't show up or just ghosted, you know, those kind of things are, you know, cause delays, cost money and all of that. Um, If, especially if you're in advertising, I would think you're on maybe like tight deadlines. I mean, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And deadlines shift all the time, just depending what's happening in the world, because like, a lot of a lot of advertising really depends on that too like okay it's really human focused if that makes uh, sense like every decision we make is informed by some sort of human insight and so everything as the world changes and as people change yeah. like so does the advertising and the work that's being done like people will make campaigns where the timeline coincides with like a specific event like very intentionally um be able to like play off of that market um or you know if something unexpected happens politically and then all of a sudden this brand is like oh god we need to say something about this to like help show support or reinforce our brand identity or whatever and this needs to come out like in two days (laughs) um you know like that kind of stuff happens um where it it is very you know crazy things happen and you just kind of have to learn to to roll with it (laughs) this is fascinating I could talk to you all day Sarah (laughs) it's just really interesting what you're telling me and you know um you're so wise (laughs) like in the way that you're talking about this stuff I was like oh my gosh this is great information um so let's dream big so what's your dream job where where do you want to be where do you want to see yourself after you graduate Oh gosh. Um, Ooh, that's a, that's a hard one. Cause I don't know. Cause I feel like it changes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like at one point I, my dream job was to be like, you know, New York's top, like product photographer. And then that got shot down real quick. <laughs> and then like, there was another dream where I was like, Oh, maybe like being like the creative director at like some like great brand um but that I mean that's still possible but that's gonna take like several years I'm still at the beginning of like my career um so yeah I don't I don't know I would right now I would love to have my own agency one day um I have some classmates of mine where we work just phenomenal phenomenally together on a project and we were like, we're going to start our own agency. Uh, that would honestly be like so much fun. <laughs> oh it's like, if you can find like somebody who has like just people who have like a bunch of different really cool skills and then all work together to produce something, it's yeah. going to come out like really, really well. Wow, that's fantastic. Okay. So what about a client that you would definitely like a dream client? You would definitely want to work with, with this agency that you start. 
Any names? Ooh. Um, I love fashion and beauty stuff. Oh. So anything related to that <laughs> would be amazing. Um, like YSL, McQueen, uh, Gucci, um, The Row. Oh, I love The Row. Mary Kate and Ashley because like I'm I'm a 90s baby. <laughs> I love their brand their stuff is so expensive but it's like I I think they have a really cool brand um that would be so much fun um and then also like other other stuff too like more non-profit things um because I'm I mean I'm not just especially in the past few years I've branched out more and I'm not just focused on one particular thing anymore um so other like I'm really into like women's rights and women's like healthcare um and animal rights. Uh big those are two really big topics um for me personally. Um so doing work in that space I think would be awesome as well. Um and yeah, I don't know, uh tech stuff would be cool too. Like Apple always has such cool ads, like advertising. I love Apple's advertising um especially at SCAD all of the professors use Apple as like an example of like the most perfect brand ever (laughs) (laughs) which I mean yeah not wrong not wrong um but yeah that would also be cool well folks you heard it heard it on the podcast hire Sarah Monick (laughs) to work with these wonderful brands because she'd be phenomenal at it seriously thank you a lot of great skill sets (laughs) And so my next question, how do you manage your work-life balance? Cause you're, you know, doing, um, photography, you're doing, you're doing a lot of different things and going to graduate school and then, you know, family and friends, how do you balance that, you know, so that you kind of still have time that you're not working all the time? Um, I have to admit, I'm not very good at the work-life balance. I'm trying to be better at it. I've actively been trying to improve on it um, and treat my work and school like a regular sort of nine to five office work week um, of like, okay, I'm going to start at these particular hours and then try to end at this particular hour in the day. Um, it helps too that like my fiance works from home. So I try to kind of start when he starts and then end when he ends. (laughs) So that's like helped too. Um, I think having that structure is really helpful for me is what I've learned. Um, but you know, it's, everyone's different. I'm not perfect at it. There are some weekends where I'm like, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm like, okay, I need to like work on it this weekend. And then like nothing gets done around the apartment it's just like a mess <laughs> like especially finals week like right now yeah. um that's one of the tasks for the weekend is to clean up the apartment <laughs> um so I'm I'm still working yeah. on it but for me having kind of having that structure of okay like being mind trying to pra- practice mindfulness of like it's okay like I'm at a good spot I can get this done in the morning. This doesn't have to be done right now tonight. Like I can finish this up in the morning. Like trying to keep that in mind has has been helpful. Great. Well, wonderful advice. And so, oh, I'm almost done with my questions. It makes me sad because I've so <laughs> enjoyed talking to you. I'm like, this is wonderful advice. So 
here's the big one for those um, listeners. Um, if you could go back into time to your younger self, what advice would you give yourself about being a creative? Um, I think, well, this kind of touches on what we were talking about for mm-hmm. critique, but yeah. I guess having a thick skin yeah. early on is gonna take you far, um, especially in the creative world. Um, and then again, have framing what you're doing as you're running a business rather than being like this creative expression of a human being (laughs) is going to help you a lot like professionally um because like like I said there's so many creative people out there um and having like such a creative personality is amazing and that's going to inform your work a lot but at the end of the day that's not that's not what's going to carry you professionally and to have a career in, in something, whether it be like painting or graphic design or architecture or fashion design or whatever. Um, all of that is that creative expression is phenomenal for the actual work that you're doing, Mm -hmm. but having a thick skin and being able to treat what you're doing like a business I think is going to help you a lot to actually sustain it as a career. Oh, wonderful advice, Sarah. Oh man, it's, it's sad. Last, last question. Where can we see your work? Because we've had this conversation and we've been yeah. talking about some of your, your pieces. So where can the audience go? And I will put this in the description box guys. So um, if you don't catch it on the podcast, you can always click on the link. Yeah. Um, you can check out my website, uh, sarahmonic.com. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of just throw everything up on there when I get to a spot that I'm happy with. <laughs> um, but it also changes like all the time, um, constantly like reworking stuff on there. Um, I'm in the process of maybe making an Instagram for my artwork again. Okay. Um, but yeah, right now it's, it's just my website. So yeah, you can check that out. There's a lot of stuff in there is like, especially for students too, if they want to like get a sense of like how, how like process or um, just whatever. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Check out that. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, everybody um, and Sarah, thank you for being on the podcast and everybody. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having me. It's been a great oh, time. <laughs> it was wonderful. You're delightful. I was like, oh, I take art direction you. from so you sweet. any day. No, I'm just like, <laughs> I really would. I was like, she was just so great. At, and, and I think also you were like, like the way you give, and I think it was just, it was just easy. You didn't like, like, I'm just like, I sometimes my brain level, you know, at different points in the quarter, I was like, she explains it in a way I understand. It's very clear. She's not using like a lot of fancy terms. It's just like, okay just, you know, here's, here's the thing and then try this. And I think this will help you get your goals across better. And so I love that the way you would explain things. So, so yeah, I'll take oh, our direction from you any day. So everybody, <laughs> thank you for listening to my creative life. Bye. <laughs>